It is early December. Winter has set in. Evening falls quickly. The light disappears before it should. We wake up in darkness. <laughs> Jeez, what is this? This is awful. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Monster Baby Podcast. It's the holiday version. Hol- which is, you'd think we're cheerier than yeah. that introduction. <laughs> it's like holiday mystery, murder mystery really kind of, podcast. Kind of intense. This is the Monster Baby Podcast. Yeah. And I'm Ted Damizone. And I'm Lisa Rowland. We're and your co-hosts. Yeah, for this curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. Hey. Whereas, wherein, wherein we take a look at various pieces of life. Mm-hmm. And then look to see what improvisation and mindfulness have to say about them. Because yeah. we find often they sort of support one another. Love it. Today's piece is vulnerability. Vulnerability. Looking at the tender side of life. Yeah. And opening up what does it mean what does that mean to be vulnerable and yeah. how to mindfulness and improv and how sometimes shape those. Sometimes we think that sharing our struggles with people is a vulnerable thing, but actually sometimes sharing our gratitude is a vulnerable thing. Mm. More to come on that. More to come. So, yeah, here's hoping you enjoy, and uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts at the end if you want to send us a note. But for now, dive right in. Have a good one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Monster Baby Podcast. This is uh, Lisa Roland whispering. (laughs) That's right. I just thought I'd start things out with a slightly different energy this time. Wow. Are you feeling tender? Just experimental, I think. Oh, because that would have been appropriate. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Well, yeah, because we're talking about vulnerability today. Right. So that would have been right in line with a topic. You would have been synchronous, congruent, congruent with our topic. If I had been feeling something else, that would have sure been perfect. (laughs) Unfortunately. That would have been perfect. Yeah. That ship has sailed, I guess. Um, <laughs> but you're, uh, oh, before we really dive into our topic, I yeah. want to just acknowledge that you're back. I'm back. I'm back. Well, let's see. Last time, so the last episode. You were in Germany. I was in Germany, in, Mu- in München. And we had you on the phone like Munchen. you were a James Bond agent or something, you know, phoning into, what is it, M6? Six. Six. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and you called in and you know to headquarters and reported back. But, yeah, it was but, cool. Yeah, but, but then Thanksgiving happened. And well, yeah. So I went from Munich to Berlin, where I was for ten days. I met Rafe Chase in Berlin. We did a bunch of shows. In a, we did a couple in Berlin. We did three as part of the Potsdam Improv Festival, which is this lovely little festival outside of Berlin. And then I went to Amsterdam for a few days to visit friends, and then. With Rafe again, went to Oslo, Norway, where we rehearsed and did a show and then and, came home. And wasn't, was Dave Dennison? In Würzburg and Munich, the first Before, two stops. Okay. So, geez. It was a five-week gallivant across yeah. Europe. This was like a, a, a trek is not the right word. A gallivant is... A, a romp. A, a curious romp. Could it be? <laughs> yeah, so uh, sophisticated and, and jet-setting. And, it was you know. awesome. It was so awesome. It was awesome artistically. It was awesome personally. I kind of envision you stepping off the plane like RuPaul with like just a flowing gown and like stepping down the stairway onto the tarmac with, you know, a red gown yeah. behind you draped and like, that's I'm a, here to improvise. That's, a, that's about right. Uh-huh. That's a, sort of striding across yeah. the tarmac in impossibly chic heels. Yeah. Yeah. That's my style. Okay. 
Yeah. That's how it was. Cut to the actual shot of Lisa in like jeans and a hoodie. A hoodie. I was and all say. of her jackets because it's so cold there. <laughs> like huddled her, around her some copy of cup of Fellowship coffee. of the Ring, which I'm reading right now. <laughs> like that's it's not exactly RuPaul. But, okay. but I like the image. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Okay, but you had a great time. I, oh god, I had the best time. Yeah. I had the best time. The play the the it felt like a really significant trip in some ways, partly because I was going with two shows that I had a hand in creating, right? Which maybe we talked about at the last episode, potentially, but we, we did the Bechtel test in two different places, in Munich and in Würzburg, and we also did Awkward Dinner Party. Mm. And in both places... No, 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 sorry. We did Awkward Dinner Party in both places, and we did the Bechtel test in Würzburg. And so showing, like, bringing this thing that that I, both of these shows that I was a part of creating felt really awesome mm. and and affirming or something yeah you doing your thing yeah that felt really good so so artistically and professionally it felt good and all of the shows went went well and also personally like i i felt like with each place that i went my heart just got bigger mm. and and each place that i went i felt so full of love wow so full of love like like vibrating coming from you coming to you both both, yeah. b- both like love for these people that i got to spend time with and the things we got to do together and the ways we got to connect and the fact that this happens you know and uh-huh. then they go to the next place and it's like oh, even more love you know it's just like how when do i burst so great you know was the feeling like how can this possibly be and then and then to cat and then capping it off was which was this moment that like almost broke me with sentiment was when we got to Oslo and Mats, who is the artistic director of Detandre Teatret, which is the, the other theater, this mm-hmm. awesome improvisational theater company in Oslo decided he was going to take it upon himself to un- learn what Thanksgiving dinner oh. is comprised of and, and make and have host Thanksgiving for me and Rafe wow. and the other improvisers and like, like, and other members of the community who wanted to come. So there were like nine of us, maybe or eight of us, something like that. And he made Thanksgiving, he made Thanksgiving dinner. He had never been to a Thanksgiving dinner but he before. Made one. Yeah. He made turkey and stuffing and green bean casserole so and great. mashed sweet potatoes and Brussels sprouts and pumpkin pie, like the whole thing. And I just about crashed from what a generous thing oh i didn't it was like i also didn't know how much i wanted that yeah. until it was offered and i i noticed the strength of my own reaction and was yeah. like oh wow i think that was so great actually really important to like be in a home yeah sharing a meal with people on I, thanksgiving I, I love the the foresight and the willingness to dive in and try something new and Oh my you know, God. to step into your shoes as a, as this is your holiday, so we'll, well, let's celebrate it. I, I'm surprised it was even on his radar yeah. that it was Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's... There's, a, there, there's it's that really, kindness. It's really, really tremendous. I had a really interesting conversation with Dave Dennison when he came back a little bit earlier than you did, and I went out to coffee with him, or tea for me, really. But uh, Thank you for the accuracy. It's just to make sure. <laughs> I didn't want to surprise anybody. <laughs> And I said, so how was it? Or how is it to be back? He said, well, it's actually, I'm feeling a bit bummed to be back. I said, oh, why? He said, well, because it was so nice to be in a country that was run by adults and was populated by adults. And I thought, hmm, yeah, <laughs> I get that. Yeah. So, you know, hearing the story about Mats and that generosity, that sort of 
openness and thinking and welcoming and the difference, you know, that just felt very adult. It was, it was so adult friendly. Oh, so cool. Yeah. It was so cool. It was just so, it was such a lovely, warm hearted mm-hmm. night and mm-hmm. just sitting around a table and all of us eating together and passing the food and yeah. chatting about improv and how to give notes. You know, it's like we were all so deep yeah. improv nerds that we just got to like nerd out on talk and shop. Yeah, talk and shop. It's it, great. It was it was awesome. It was uh, it was different for me back here. Mm. Uh, in that, I spent Thanksgiving by myself. Mm, you didn't go anywhere. No, because my I'm getting together with my family for Christmas in Albuquerque, and so everybody's going to be there. And it was like, do I want to go to Albuquerque twice in one month? And mm-hmm. and you know, you and I have shared Thanksgiving when you've been back here before. So, but you were gone, so that wasn't going to happen. So it's like, okay, well, do I want to try to connect up with some? And it was put a couple feelers out there, but it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I thought. You know what? Let's try it on my own. Did you mark the day in a certain way? I did. I made a sugar-free pumpkin pie. Great. Sugar-free, gluten-free pumpkin pie. Have you finished pie. it? I made two of them, and yes, I have finished them. Wow. Oh, yeah. They were good. Nice. It's <laughs> great. And they were pretty healthy because... Good for you. There's a few chopped up dates in each one. You uh-huh. Know, yeah. Mixed in with the pumpkin. But uh, but the thing that I did that was unusual was that I've had my... Meth. No, just kidding. I had my meth. I took my meth and I did a trip all on my own. That was great. I took my meth. That was a very cute way of saying that. <laughs> what, what do you do with it? I actually don't even yeah, know. Smoke? I, smoke? Yeah, I don't even know what you do uh, I with took meth. My meth. You shoot it? Okay. I don't know. Um, no, I had my playful mindfulness class that I do at mm. Stanford, and it's usually on Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have class scheduled that week because... It's, Who's going to have class the night before Thanksgiving? Right. But somehow it came up in our class the week before that a handful of people were going to be around. And I thought, well, let's see if we can have class. Mm -hmm. And so we got 10 people together from two two different classes. We came and we played the night before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Eve, at one of the persons, one of the people that had their office. They let us use their office at uh, some unnamed tech company. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And we just had a blast. Oh, we cool. had a blast. And I gave them all these, you know, the sort of second level ensemble presence stuff that we hadn't had time for in class. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Bonus. A little bonus were, class. They were just loving each other and we did some dancing and it was great. Oh, the best. Yeah. And so I left there feeling like, okay, that was good. I had a nice connection with other people, big group. I pulled it together. I felt good about myself for doing that. Mm-hmm. So it was very nice. Awesome. Very nice. So, and then it was okay to be quiet on Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, been working hard. Great. So, but I'm glad you're back. Me too. It feels like I, I think I told you this, but like when you're gone, when you go on the off on these long trips, I've, there's like part of me going, where, where what's, what, something's wrong. Yeah. Something's missing. Yeah. It's like a puzzle piece. Yeah. Is gone. Oh, that's sweet. Trying to put the whole puzzle together and there's a missing piece. Yeah. Where is it? <laughs> yeah. And if you're really interested in puzzles, Behind the listen to our earlier listen episode. To our puzzle episode. So listen. Let's let's rock and roll, shall we? Yeah, let's rock and roll. So we we want, we, uh, we want to talk about vulnerability. Okay, that's the plan, everybody. Yeah, and uh, and we might actually even be somewhat vulnerable. Not me. Yeah. Sc- screw that. Steely, steely-hearted Lisa yeah, Rowland. That's, that's right. I don't know. It seems like a juicy topic for me for a couple of reasons. Mm. And one of them, it, it just seems like, you know, full disclosure, I have not outlined thoughts that I want to share on vulnerability. As no, is, one, no one will be surprised as by that. As is my want. Um, <clears throat> but I, 
It's interesting for a couple of reasons, and one of which is that improvisation is riddled with the opportunity to opportunities to be vulnerable, and starting out, especially learning to improvise, is like filled with vulnerability mm-hmm. because you're taking risks, and will these people support me, and what is it, you know, the, all, all of that. Trying new things, trying, you know, like, like shoving off from the shore oh, sure. of solid footing and what you know will succeed and trying something different and seeing how that works. And it's also interesting for me because, because living in that world makes me wonder, so where is the, is that vulnerability? Is that right. a practice in vulnerability for me? Right. It sort of echoes what we talked about when we talked about courage, that same thing. And maybe they go together, vulnerability and courage. I don't remember what we said about courage. You said, you said something similar. Like, it, does it take courage for you to get up in front of yeah. and perform? Is that a vulnerable when position? It's comfortable for you. Yeah, when it's like, Mom, I'll be, I know right. I'll be fine. Even if I fail, I'll be fine. So if there's nothing, so then that raises the question. So then, what is required for it to be vulner, right. vulnerable? Yeah. And what is on the line, or what you know, all, mm-hmm. all that. So, so I'm sort of interested because of those things. Yeah. I love, so let's come back to that first one, Well, I, that, that moment of the, I, I want to go back to both of them, but the the thing about starting um, starting, starting an improv class, oh my gosh, that's yeah. really... But before we start talking about okay. that, what, why do you think this is a Ooh. cool topic? Like what makes you think that this is good to... Well, I think, so a lot of this podcast, we talk about what helps us become better humans. Mm-hmm. And I think... That vulnerability, <laughs> I think that vulnerability is one of the most human things we can share mm. with someone else. And we spend so much time sort of trying to present a certain way of, well, like, this is what I look like, or this is who I am, or, this is why you should be impressed with me, or mm-hmm. why you might like me. And yet, when we can be really genuine with each other, let guard down, open up the heart, and just be present with whatever it is, that that's like being most human. So it seems like... Mm, Vulnerability is one of the most human things we can do. Yeah, so mindfulness and improvisation are trying to get us to, or one of the things we think they're doing, trying to get us to be more human and like, okay, so it's, yeah, can we welcome in this vulnerability? So how do they do that? That's kind of one of my interests. Yeah. What's the methodology of vulnerability that's represented in these traditions? Yeah. You know, and then... Can I just say a keyword to help me remember to t- say this later is okay. Liz Gilbert. Liz Gilbert. Yes. Great. And mine is Brene Brown. Great. Well, they're fi- they're friends. They are buddies. I do, I'm not surprised. Those two. Apparently. Talk about people you want at your Thanksgiving dinner table. Whew. If I can invite Liz Gilbert and Brene Brown, Cheryl Strayed, the yeah. magnificent three. They, they're they're all buddies. Oh, give me a break. Can we bring Mary Oliver too? Sure, yeah, bring her. Do we have any guys? Who needs? <laughs> Can any guys be vulnerable? <laughs> I mean, I'll be there, but <laughs> but okay. So here's let's. I didn't mean that about men. I love men. I know you do. Oh yeah, I was for our listeners oh. out there. I hope it didn't offend. Okay, very concerned. Yeah, and we would find some men to bring to yeah, this. Yeah, sure, dinner. men can come. Yeah, they'll have some sugar-free, gluten-free pumpkin pie. But Brene Brown. Uh, talks about vulnerability as a combination of like uncertainty and risk and emotional exposure. Yeah. So it was not, I would tend to think of it as just emotional exposure, but she's saying that there's like some 
It's the, it's the risk of that and the uncertainty of what's going to happen once you yeah. offer that emotional that, That's what it's got to... It's got to... Something's got to be on the line for you, I right. think. You could be hurt. Yeah. And that often comes along with emotional exposure. Like, often emotional exposure indicates that, you mm-hmm. know, because most of us are a little uncomfortable with yeah. with that because we fear judgment. What would, what would you be vulnerable to, right? Pain... Loss. Rejection. Rejection. Mm. Rejection. Sure. I feel like principally, I think, right? The emotional exposure, exposing how you really feel about something might upset somebody and make them not want you anymore. Right, right. Or not love you anymore. Maybe that's just my personal (laughs) fear. Yeah. Well, and then mixed in there somehow is right along those lines is shame. Yeah. Vulnerability leaves us open to other people rejecting us so then it's like oh something's wrong with me something's wrong with me yeah 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 that makes sense but that oh, that tenderness there's the, the word tender like it just comes up vulnerability and tenderness and i think of you know a heartbreak or after a loss or something like sitting on the couch and just wanting to curl up and you know just like lick your wounds yep yeah and the deliciousness of actually being able to share vulnerability when I can do it with somebody else, when I can say, hey, can I let you in and show you this part of myself that is not feeling so good or I'm not confident about? And someone's like, yeah, I'll sit with you. Yeah. I'll be there with you. I'll listen to that. That it brings about a courage and a strength that's almost the same. However deep the vulnerability is, that's how high the courage and strength reach. You know, uh-huh. like it's like a flip, a mirror image. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, you know, the more, uh, there's another thing I, I, when I was reading some Brene Brown, she said that vulnerability is the thing I look for in you first, but that I'm l- last willing to show. Yeah. So it's like, we we want that connection. As like, a please sig- right? I want to see some... you display it as a, as a signal that it's okay for me to display it. Right. But I'm not going to show mine first. No. I'm not going to throw my cards on the table for you. Show me what you got. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It's, it totally maps to my experience. Are you ever thrown off when someone's vulnerable with you then? Right? Because, I mean, there's something about boundaries too. Like, what's the time and place for vulnerability? This is interesting. I, I, the thing that I'm thinking about is there are times when... I was talking about this today, actually, in, in the different ways that men and women are conditioned to relate to their own emotions and how men are given this strong message that it's not okay for them to feel things. Right. And, and that results in a lot of men who don't have access to their emotions and right. don't know if they're feeling things or, or seem to lack the ability to feel things really deeply. Don't like the ability to, but like don't have access to that experience. Yes. Right. Right. And certainly not show it to anybody mm-hmm. certainly no. not no. cry and and i was saying that i'm along with my <laughs> i sort of got this from my friend rebecca Peretsky, which is i i feel a little bit uh like a one woman revolution when i insist that it's okay to cry in public like when i cry in public and i don't try to hide mm-hmm. myself because we all are a shit show in one way or another and have struggles in some place and are fight all every single one of us are fighting mm-hmm. something somehow anxiety and or depression or nervousness or vulnerability that's like something is on our horizon that is not 
that you're not in control of. You're not all on top of. We wander around the world trying to convince everybody we're all on top of everything. It's an not that is never true. Right. So crying in public. Not for not for the sake of crying in public, but when something something comes up, I don't run away and hide. And so then is that so in a way that's showing vulnerability, although I don't feel like I'm risking anything. Mm-hmm. Right. But it, but it does sort of provide, but there is some, some principle behind it that it's like, no, these people can see that I'm having a hard time right now. I think that that's really, so this gets back to your question of like, is it vulnerable if you, if it doesn't feel risky? Yeah. But I think that still would qualify as vulnerable to me uh-huh. because you're sharing an authentic emotion that might make so, people upset and might make them turn away from you or judge you. But if I'm maybe not afraid you don't, of that. Right, but maybe you don't care about their judgment, but it's still vulnerable. But Brene Brown would say it's not because it is not a risk. And okay. and I'm not... It's, it's emotional exposure, but it's not... Right. But I'm not uncertain about the outcome in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Clearly there's something else going on that I'm uncertain about the outcome of because I'm crying. There's right. something going on, you know yes. what I mean? And I'm willing to let people know that... Mm-hmm. that I've got stuff going on. Well, and I, you know, I just I wish that more of us could do that, right? Yeah. And and I suppose yeah, there's a time and a place for vulnerability. Like you don't want your surgeon to be, you know, in touch with the softness of the human tissue, and you know, <laughs> like breaking down in tears over the fragility of the human body when they're <laughs> replacing your spleen, replacing or taking out your replacing spleen. Replacing it with Take, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, some. PVC piping. <laughs> yeah, some PVC uh, piping. <laughs> uh, you know, but like you don't want everybody to be vulnerable all the time. But, you know, that said, okay. So I think that that's some good sort of opening context. I want to come back to this moment that you're talking about. Like somebody starts to take an improv class. Yeah. And they come in. What's the vulnerability that you see or that you think that they feel? I mean, I've got some ideas, but I want to give you the riff first um well i guess here's my first answer is they're not accustomed people are not accustomed to relating in this way and to having their ideas be mm, a couple of things number one people are touching their spontaneity and creativity for the first time in a long time sometimes they're they're acting without thinking first which activates all these fears about oh my god what's going to come out i haven't organized my thoughts yet i don't know like i have i don't have a well-reasoned argument around this and so it might not be right Mm -hmm. and we live in a world where being right is is the only matters to be and so you're risking not being right, and that feels like you're risking something big. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, I think for people, there's an identity wrapped up in that. Mm. So certainly, teaching at Stanford, there's like it's real hard for people to let go of the idea that they need to be right. Oh, sure, right and good. Mm-hmm. And so, watching them leave that behind and tr- trusting, they're like, "No, you really." can say the stupidest stuff and it's and it is the right thing in here sure like you don't have there's nothing you can just trust your body you can trust something else you know Mm -hmm. you don't have to just trust your your brain and it's criteria of what is good and so the experience of watching them sort of tiptoe into that world of un Mm -hmm. it's unmapped and i'm not sure what the rules are here Mm. so i don't know that i can do this right 
And oftentimes the games are designed so you can't do the do it right. Yeah, it's going to automatically lead you into that place. Yeah, mm-hmm. is super uncomfortable for for uh, more uncomfortable for some than for others. Here's a here's a vulnerability. I wonder if you've ever seen this in your classes. I was working with somebody who I was doing some coaching with him about uh, being more playful and having this kind of engagement, this approach to life, and he loved it. I loved the opportunity to do that, to, to have these sessions where we would play a game, some of the stuff we've done as warm-ups on the podcast. And almost inevitably, it would bring up sadness mm. because he recognized that this had been buried for so long. That, it had, you know, when he was a kid, he used to have this light that shone in him and it came out. But for whatever reason, whatever reason, it just got buried over time. Mm. And it's been so far away. And so he'd have you know, five minutes of glee and delight. And then as soon as we caught our breath, paused, this sadness would come up. Yeah. And so I imagine that also being something in a beginning improv class that some people, I bet, mm. would would have to deal with. It's like, I really want this. I'm longing for this. And I think it's going to be good for me and I'm going to grow. But then they realize, oh, man. How void the rest of their life yeah. is from it. Yeah. Of, of it. Of it. Yeah. And And so it's like, that, you know, they get confronted with that sadness and then, okay, so there's the emotional exposure and maybe they don't feel ready to be seen in that, you know, and so mm-hmm. it creates that bit of vulnerability there. Yeah. And and in an improv class, like, oh, maybe we're always supposed to be happy and positive and laughing and it's, oh, hey, great fun, but like, oh, I've got this feeling of sadness. I really can't share it here because, you know, as the teacher, I'd be like, yeah, you can. I'd love for you to share that. Yeah. And yet. Right. You know. Right. And there's something pretty akin to that in mindfulness classes too, mm. I think. So, you know. The, well, you start to feel everything. Start to feel things. Yeah. Start to notice, like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, oh. And it could be a, just a physical pain, like, oh, my neck is hurting. My neck is still hurting. It's been hurting for three years. Right. Was this ever going to be, you know, yeah. ever going to heal? But then also it could be I'm noticing all these default patterns that I have in my mind and that the way I beat myself up over stuff or the way I judge other people. And yeah, you start to see yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we can we have all sorts of ways that we avoid looking at stuff that's hard to see. Right. Yeah. So we get the the it's like the mindfulness practice is wiping the mirror. Yeah. Cleaning the mirror. You hold the mirror up and all of a sudden like, oh boy. Right. Right. <laughs> oh God. Now I now I can see what I really look like. Yeah. And so that that inability to run and hide is that there's also either it is vulnerability or it contributes to it or something. Yeah. Right. So it's not just preventing somebody else from seeing us, but preventing ourselves from seeing us too. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. That, that piece about coming to see one's own default patterns and how that might be self-destructive or self-limiting or preventing you from growing, getting where you want to go. Like, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You know, but that's what that's what mindfulness does, right? And asks you to take responsibility. Yeah. You know, so like, okay, well, if I'm doing it, then I can change it, and yeah, right. So here's a question: According to Brene Brown's definition, mm-hmm. is the vulnerability noticing that, like, that makes me feel vulnerable, or is the vulnerability sharing that? I'm trying to think about this emotional mm-hmm. exposure mm-hmm. risk. Maybe different levels. And uncertainty. Mm-hmm. 
And maybe it's like emotional exposure, like you're, you are exposing yourself to yourself. You're mm -hmm. exposing how you really feel to yourself mm -hmm. for the first time. And there's uncertainty. And there's risk. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. That's really interesting. I remember feeling like it was in a time that I was really down and feeling a little out of control in my life. I felt like there's, I have too much work. I have no organizational system around it. Things are slopping, slipping through the cracks. Like the chaos of my life, mm -hmm. the fact that all of my jobs were different with different employers, took different decisions, had different timelines. Like there's a million things to do and I don't know how to tackle them. And I just feel, and that's, it's not like that's different now. I just feel a little bit more comfortable with it, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, or something. But I remember having this feeling of I am afraid of even, I was feeling so disempowered about it. Hmm. And I remember feeling, I'm afraid of even trying to take control of this because I think I will fail. Hmm. And I'm afraid of even trying to create a system around this because I can't follow through on stuff like that. Yeah. And so I didn't even want to touch it hmm. because I was certain that I would. And that is a horrible way to feel. Sure. Of just like. I'm doomed. Yeah. I'm just, there's nothing to be done. And it's because of me. It's because I'm not good enough to get anything. Right. To make any change. Yeah. That's lasting. I won't. Time and time again, I've disappointed myself. And so, you know, how, it was really like. Oh, yeah. It sounds intense. Yeah. So, how did that tie into the vulnerability piece then? Uh, well, I think it's something about owning your own, like, Exposing yourself to yourself okay. and, f and feeling really vulnerable around like, so, so then the vulnerable part was, but I'm going to try to do something mm. mm -hmm. and I still don't know if I'll succeed and I might not. Going to make a go of and it. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in spite of the carrying this feeling like I'm worthless at this, right? you know, yeah. it was really like so sad. I remember it so well. Yeah. Well, and you're, I imagine you're. Maybe some of that decision to get up and go comes out of your improv training. Like that. That's what we train all the time. Right. Do, that go, muscle of like act, action on, first. Go on stage. Try it. Do it. Jump up. Yeah. And, you know, I was just reading some of Constructive Living, which is a oh, yeah. practice that Patricia Ryan Madsen, our teacher, has practiced and taught and sort of a way of relating to reality. It's connected to Buddhist insight. But one of the things in, in that, way of thinking or way of practicing is you know when feelings come up that you don't stop what needs to be done you still do what needs to be you can have your feelings but you still do what you need to do in fact step one is accept your feelings yeah right like acknowledge them and accept acknowledge them and do what needs to be and done and do what needs to be done totally. and then process them afterwards uh -huh. so it's not like the I, I maybe privilege is the wrong word but it's not like oh i'm having a feeling everything else shuts down i have to process my feelings. gotta have this feeling it's like, no, I'm having a feeling and I need to still and get my kids get to my school stuff done. You're right. or yeah. I need to make dinner or yeah. I need to finish my taxes because the deadline is coming yeah, up. Yeah. And no one says you have to feel good while you do it. Right. Yeah. And then once it's done, then you can go back and say like, okay, now I'm going to go talk to my therapist yeah, or now right. I'm going to write in my journal or what now I'm going to check in with, right. with my spouse. Yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of, that is a similar element to something that happens in improv is like. Stop thinking about what you're going to do. Don't worry about it. Do it. Just do it, and yeah. then we'll check in afterwards. Yeah. You know, get out there. Go on, go on. 
I'd like to see somebody uh, amused standing on the side of the stage, just like pushing, pushing somebody. You. Stage. Yeah, that's go. kind of what it feels like sometimes. Yeah, I think. Get out there. It's like, oh my, it's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then over time, it just becomes like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, something's going to happen. Yeah. We did. We uh, had a group of Stanford improvisers got together, alumni. Got together yesterday to play. Oh, how was that? It was really fun. Oh, God, really I fun. Get to one of those. And we did several scenes where that's exact same thing happened. I'm like, I just jumped in and I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm just gonna make a noise. Yeah. Or there was one where I, I somehow was on the ground when I came on stage. I was like lying on the ground, and I didn't know who or what I was. <laughs> I'm just like, what came to me was like flop like a fish. Yeah. And then I became. Some some humanoid who was giving compass directions based on which way I was pointing when I flopped. Yeah, I, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you just sort of get out there and see what happens. Yeah, you know, and and there's something like that with the vulnerability of, okay, you're having your feelings, and we st- take a step forward. Move and through it. Don't know. Move in spite of it. Yeah, yeah. Here's another piece from mindfulness that I think is really interesting. And we might have discussed this in the, in the gratitude episode. Mm-hmm. Attitude of gratitude. Mm. Nice recall. <laughs> on the title. <laughs> because I've been working on the chapter uh, based on the podcast episode. In your book. Yes. More to come on that. Great. Uh, so I, it's really interesting in the mindfulness course that it's like week seven or eight where we do dealing with difficult feelings, challenging emotions, challenging thoughts. And people think, oh, this is really hard. How do I, you know, when the hard stuff comes up and the really stressful stuff comes up, how do I deal with this? How do I accept it? How do I acknowledge it? That's kind of vulnerable. The next week, we do gratitude and positivity, mm-hmm. which you would think, oh, that's easy. We're just being nice. We're saying nice things. We're acknowledging the good. But it's actually more vulnerable than the challenging emotions because when we start naming things we're thankful for, it's like we're exposing our heart. We're saying, I care about this, or I appreciate you. I'm going to let you see that you matter to me. Mm. And in doing so, I'm leaving myself open to your dismissal or your leaving. Your rejection. Your rejection, right? And it's amazing how even a little simple exercise can turn that around. And so we, we started class with this exercise where we imagined having a bag you know, I'm just standing next to you. I've got a bag and I'm just going to pull stuff out of the bag and yeah. random stuff. I'm just going to name them. So, you know. Just kind of get your mind going. A BLT sandwich and then it's a pencil and then it's uh, angst and then it's Thursday schedule. Okay, yeah. so I'm just pulling them out. And then I said, okay, now switch and now pull out things that you're thankful for. Mm. And so people pulled out, you know, the love my father gave me and that I have a roof over my head and sunlight, whatever. The energy in the room completely shifted after that. Like everybody quieted down. Mm. And everybody's looking at each other more. It was so much more people present. Are, people but are they, showing people what is in, what they what matters. That's to right. Them. And I said, Do you feel the difference in the room? And they all went, Yep. Wow. And that was just a, like a little spontaneous one minute exercise, right? Wow. 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 And and so when we did the more intense in depth meditation or you know we're 15 20 minutes seated meditation and i'm leading them through 
bringing to mind somebody that they that they know loves them and thinking about that person breathing in uh focusing on the breath on the in breath and focusing on saying the person's name on the out breath and just silently and doing that back and forth back and forth and then at the end offering a silent thank you to that person coming out of that meditation everybody's kind of like rooted in their chair and Mm. like the room isn't moving and yet we're all really there with each other you know and so I find that fascinating too that gratitude is like this route to vulnerability although it seems like super interesting I'm just saying thank you Mm. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's, it's more challenging because, than the yeah. difficult stuff. Yeah, because I do I associate the idea of showing somebody your vulnerability with showing them your pain or your struggle or your strife. Yes. And the idea that showing them your love and your gratitude mm-hmm. is maybe even more vulnerable is cool. Yeah. Because I, I, because you're like. This is who I am. Right. Like you're opening a little door in your heart. Yeah. This is who I am. And when you share a struggle, it's like this is what I'm dealing with and it's hard. Oh, yes. Interesting distinction. Yeah. More identity related somehow. With who I am. With the gratitude. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right? It's like... And I'm thinking too of the vulnerability of being in like a dating situation or a romantic situation, first expressing love. Totally. Or interest. It's the same thing of like... This is, this is what I want. Yeah. Uh, Do you uh, want to <laughs> hang out with me? Because I want to hang out with you. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Oh, God, thank God. Yeah, right. <laughs> <sighs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love that. I love that. So that's another example of, you know, mindfulness leads us to gratitude practice leads us to, oh, so we're developing this, yeah, this capability to be with that vulnerability, to be with that openness, that rawness, say, okay, I'm going to try letting my default be a little more open. Yeah. And look at that. I survived. I'm okay. I'm okay. okay. Yeah. You know. Somebody that was having coffee with somebody today and they said, we're, this was in the conversation about emotions and men and whether you're allowed to have emotions and things like that and he said sometimes i think if everybody could just have a good cry the world would be a far better place oh yes he's like can we just all get in touch with the real shit for a second right and like process that and let some of it go yeah (laughs) like let some of it go maybe we should schedule it you know like have a community the big cry the big cry yeah that's one o'clock on Thursday. Yeah, you going to the big cry? I'll see you at the big cry, right? Yeah, cool, cool, cool. I'll be there. Yeah, like the town siren yeah. goes off. It's kind of <laughs> like everybody just starts the Muslim call to prayer, right? Well, they, at Stanford during finals week, there was the primal scream. That's present. at midnight. Tell people what that was. Midnight at midnight every night during finals week. Yeah, yeah, dead week when everybody's studying, just like heads down at midnight, you go outside and scream. Yeah. And you hear these screams echoing from all directions on campus because it was that. this like release, this, you know. I actually, Sometimes last a while. So yeah. I had this experience This other on the good cry topic. Okay. I don't know that there, well, we'll see if vulnerability ties in here. But I was on the plane on the way home from Oslo. And this happens sometimes, but I was watching the movie The Spy Who Dumped Me. Okay. Which is so funny. 
It was so funny. Is this a Melissa McCarthy one? No, but it, it no, but it's like it's um, Kate McKinnon, Kate McKinnon and Mila Kunis. Yeah, and they are these two best friends who find themselves in embroiled in an international crime spy right. scenario. And Kate McKinnon is just so funny. But I found myself laughing so hard at what was happening that I was in tears. I was like in tears, sort of convulsing. And I, I just like had this massive emotional sort of... I, la- I laughed so hard. It was out of proportion. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I, in retrospect, was like, I just needed a little... Uh-huh. Like I felt so full from, your from experiences. this trip. Yes. That it's like I needed to off gas a oh, little bit. Interesting. I wonder, you yeah, know, like because your body it was just, needed that I release. just needed this like mm-hmm. it just got so wrapped up. Right. So you know, I mean I had to stop the movie because I felt like I was drawing attention from the people around me. So that's a really interesting question. Like, yeah, do we do we have a need to express the vulnerability? Mm-hmm. Is there something I I think, yeah, probably express it's not healthy. Something like process. Not healthy not to. Yeah. Because we have this maybe it's the need to connect or maybe it's the need to be or Something, yeah. the, the desire to be seen or to see and be seen. Yeah. yeah. That reciprocity. Right. Wanting reciprocity, inclusion. Vulnerability. It's like, I can't, if I don't show you who I am, you can't know who I am. Right. And I really want you to know who I am. Yeah. So that when we're able to have that, this sounds too clinical, but when we're able to have that transaction. Yeah. Then there, it's somehow deeply satisfying. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, because, yeah, especially when they stick around, right? <laughs> it's less satisfying uh, when they do reject you and all your worst fears come true. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the idea that. of like, oh my god, wait, you know, I did, oh my god, this is why is like, oh my god, I showed, I told, I showed, I opened my little, my little heart door and showed them who I really am, and they still love me, which means maybe deep down I am actually lovable, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, does it all get down to? love yeah i just want to be lovable i'm afraid that who i actually am is not right well that's the humanness oh is that is that vulnerability well we're all just trying to love find love and be loved and have love and express ourselves yeah be who we are and let that be okay it's so true it's so true and that when we can let other people see that then they can trust us yeah it's a fast, there's a fascinating thing, too. So I'm part of this group, I think we mentioned it, uh, called Thrive Academy. It's kind of a, a business support group. And the, for entrepreneurs. For entrepreneurs, holistic coaches. resources. On, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's the sort of main thrust is about learning how to attract clients. But we, in that group, they, we, talk about the importance of allowing your clients to see your vulnerability so that they know you're human. Because mm-hmm. if you're gonna if you're a coach and you're gonna support somebody in their vulnerability, if they experience you as invulnerable, they can't trust you. Yeah. And there's the simultaneous importance of not as a coach, not just offering your vulnerability, because that client does need to see you as strong. Yeah. So it's like you you need to balance the vulnerability with positioning. Mm-hmm. So it's like Yep, I'm accomplished in all these ways. My life is going well in this way, and I I feel good. And you know, and here's a little I've got this expertise and this training. With. Yeah, and here's a way that I struggle now, or I used to struggle, or so you can see both, but that you keep them in balance. And mm-hmm. I and I there's something about that that I really like because it's not. 
uh, maybe it's me being afraid of my own vulnerability and sensitivity, but I like, I don't want to just go into, oh, let's just have like a big dome of mushiness mm -hmm. where everybody's swimming around like cells and I don't even know. Biology. Plasma. Plasma. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And we're just like in this big mess of goo yeah. with everybody weeping and, and gnashing teeth and like, hey, I see humanness. Like, ah. Oh my God. Wait, let's, who's we? Let's, when you say let's not all, what do you mean? It's like if, if somebody were like saying vulnerability is great, everybody be vulnerable. Oh yeah. And then it's just a big cry fest. Yeah. I'm like, and we're all just like kind of getting off on how vulnerable we all are. Right. Yeah. I like, no, thank you. I also want to have some handhold to get out of the pool and yeah. like get dry again. Yeah. You know, give uh, me a, give well, me a towel. wash off all the plasma. Yeah. <laughs> the cell plasma. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that. I like that notion of, yes, with your clients, share your vulnerability and share your strength. Oh my God. I just imagine, I just, I just had an image, which is like, you know, in Ghostbusters when you get slimed, slimed. Sure. It's like some people can slime you with their vulnerability. Yeah. Yes. You get slimed, and yeah. then you're like covered in like, oh god. Yeah, exactly. Now are we just going against everything we said for the last twenty minutes? You don't know. I just I really the, want your vulnerability, image, but don't but slime. Not too me. much, okay? Yeah. <laughs> right. It needs to be carefully titrated. <laughs> Modulate. Titrated. Modulate your slime. Um. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, but you know the truth is we are all of we are all of those things. Yes. Like the most authentic picture of us is like, uh, you know. I'm a badass at this, and I, I don't know what to do about this other that's thing. That's right. If that's why the Bechtel test is cool. That's meaning your... Format. Yeah, your format. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's you like get to it, see the full complexity yeah, of the, the characters. Yeah, the point is to see all of those things. Yes. Which is nice. So fun when, the, when characters can do that. Yeah. I'm a sucker for movies that are like that, too. I'm right. like, I don't want it just all the perfect hero. Right. I want someone who's got real heroism and real and like, question marks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Imperfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Brene Brown. No. Liz Gilbert. Liz Gilbert. I went to see her Ding. on my birthday. Oh, my hey. birthday was hey, two hey, days ago. On. What's up? You wanted to talk about Liz Gilbert. Oh, thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Great. I went to go see Liz Gilbert on my birthday, which was two days well, ago. Well, you went to see her like you knocked on her door? No, she was in conversation at the North Theater. So she was like doing a talk. Oh, cool. So like, you actually did, it was in person to see her. In person, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She cool. was at a theater in San Francisco, yeah. and I went to see her be interviewed. Okay, cool. It was like, a, you know, two armchairs on a carpet on a stage. Um, water. I'm really glad the carpet was there. Yeah, it has to be. It's yeah. got to ground the chair. Persian? Too big. Persian? No, not Persian. Oh, I don't even know what they were thinking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I should have consulted you. Um, it was great. She had so many wonderful things to say, so many wonderful things. She has a... a uh, you know, it's all about create. A lot of what she was talking about was being an artist and a creator and and creativity and how we all that it is that it moves with the force of the universe to be creative. That the universe is in a constant creative mode. Mm -hmm. The Big Bang started it. It's we have the when we are in creativity. We we have the force of the universe behind us. So when nice. we get when we feel stuck or heavy, when we get sick, often it's because we have stopped moving, mm -hmm. and we are we are we are going against that creative force and energy, which was so cool. One thing she was talking about was a lot of times we ask, like when we do anything that looks like praying, we sort of ask to have pain taken away. Mm. And she said maybe there's something to getting comfortable with having open wounds. Mm. How comfortable are you? having some open wounds. They're like, I'm just carrying this mm -hmm. with me. And and that's okay. 
for a while. Yeah. You know, it's all right for that not to be tied up yet. Yeah. And I, I liked that because there's something that there's something that in it that says there's nothing wrong with this being painful right now. Mm -hmm. This is just the part where this is painful. Like mm -hmm. you're just going to have this open wound for a while. Yeah. And you, and nothing's, you, you don't have to fix that in order to become whole. Right. Or okay. It may mean that you need to retreat. For yeah, a you may bit need to like, take care of it. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's something about that that I thought was sort of powerful. That's beautiful. Yeah. She said so many wonderful things. Her, I just got her book from the library, Big, Big Magic. Magic. Oh, gosh, I want to read that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got it because I want to ask her if she'll write an endorsement blurb for the book. Mm. That's based Hot on damn. a podcast. Yeah, so I thought, well, I better read her book and understand more of what she's about. I've, read I've, hear, I've heard you've uh, written a couple of things. So I was wondering <laughs> if you wanted to... I'm a writer, so I just wanted to see if you'd... Uh... Yeah, my, my book's really good. Yeah. I, I think you'll like it. Uh, I mean, I know you'll like it. So what do you think, Liz? Yeah. Did you go by Liz? Yeah. Yeah. So, but now I have the book. It's on my dining room table. Cool. Waiting to be read. Mm, I look forward to hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I think, uh, I think maybe we end on Liz. Yeah. Anything else you want to add in here? Uh, I feel like there might be something vulnerability sometimes when i am doing something that scares me and usually it is in moments where i feel like i'm facing social rejection or some part of my brain is like no, no, no this is not going to be okay and mm -hmm. everyone will desert you and you will not be loved anymore it's like my big right mm -hmm. i mean i think that's everybody's big thing in one way or another you will not be okay. loved maybe not maybe it's just mine i, I don't know but I'm willing to entertain it. Yeah, I'm going to say that's what I think everybody's thing is. <laughs> uh -huh. And I sort of the way that I conceptualize it is like, well, I'm having all these thoughts now. One of them is like, it sort of harkens back to our experimentation episode, which is the one that we did while I was in Munich. Yep. That was our last episode. It's like, well, what if you think about it? Like, I'm going to experiment with opening my little heart door mm. and showing people who I really am. And I look at it like practicing, like mm -hmm. I want to practice doing things that scare me because that's good. Yeah. It's good to live in this bravery place, not a fearlessness. Well, that's the other thing she talked about, the difference between fearlessness and, and courage mm -hmm. and courage mm -hmm. and how, you know, courage has shaking knees and a beating heart and does it anyway, like a racing heart and does it anyway. And fearlessness is terrifying. Fearlessness mm -hmm. is sociopathic, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. So like the last time I did something that I was like, oh God, uh, okay. You know, mm -hmm. it was like, this is good for you. This is good for you. Mm. Try this. Just try this. I love that you're giving your brain that message. Totally. Yeah. It's, and, and, it, and it helps me sort of, and it's like, you're just taking yourself to the gym. You're going through a little vulnerability workout. And sometimes gym workouts are hard, mm -hmm. uh, but it, they make you stronger. So love it. go do the thing. That it's okay that it doesn't feel good right now, but it's good for you to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, it, it helps me. Yeah, it helps me. Hmm. That I, that I that that approach. Some vulnerability reps. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, that's this is why this is hard. It's because I'm afraid, and this is vulnerable, and I'm like stating what I need, or I'm stating what I want, or I'm expressing it. my my desire in one way or another, and I worry that it's not going to be somebody else's desire, and that that's going to be hard, yep. and do this anyway. You know, like, oh, I love God. it. Yeah. I, I like that as a little bit of home practice for 
listeners to try out. Yeah. We can encourage them. Yeah. You. We can encourage you. I really have this lovely image of, of a little elf door in, in your heart. Oh. Like a really sweet little wooden door with like a little Like a gnome, a gnome door? Little, no, yeah, um, like little, yeah. Uh-huh. Is that fed by your trip to, re- to Oslo? No, I saw no gnomes while I was there. Oh, okay. There were no gnomes. Because when I was in Denmark... No few, elves either. I was in Denmark a few years ago and was there for Christmas time. I might have even been there on Christmas. Whoa. Uh, but I was there at Christmas time, and we went to this amazing Christmas village. Amazing. I feel like Europe does Christmas right. Oh my god, they'd get it. And they had little gnomes everywhere. Mm. It was so cool. Yeah, no, I saw there, the gnomes were not the thing. Okay, all right. Well, in any case, uh, there's another cool thing that has been happening through this episode as we've been talking. That our microphones have a little red light on them. And yours is shining right on your heart. Hmm. And so you've had this like glowing this red light. glowing heart. A little vulnerable heart Aww. this whole time we've been talking. And we'll I thought it was very sweet. Open my heart door and we invite you in. There is. Show you what's Like an real. advent calendar. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna show, today I'm going to show you this one. And there's a little chocolate inside. Oh, tasty. Maybe. Milk chocolate? Dark no, chocolate? Dark chocolate. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Almonds? Because we have darkness in our hearts also. Ah. Whoa. This metaphor Just is cranking. Deep. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Let's let the people go. Let our people go. Let my people go. <laughs> it's been it's been a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And I think that the next one will not be quite so distant in the yeah. future. I think yeah. we'll get to do some more now. We'll be back to you. So. Yeah. Thanks, Enjoy. everybody. Ciao. Bye bye. That's our vulnerability episode. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, that was nice. We uh, Can I just say that we have talked about in the past doing an episode called We're a Mess, where we discuss all the ways that we have a hard time following our own advice. Yeah, which I think might still make a good episode. Uh, me too. So we'll just float that out there that maybe that would be a real practice in vulnerability, like sharing this with all of you. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if that one comes along. It might come up. Yep. But I but I really enjoyed sort of talking about vulnerability in this way mm-hmm. of figuring out what it is and when did it play and what it really gets down to. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised by some of the ways that that it shows up in an improv and I, I don't often think about what is it like to come into an improv class or to try an exercise for the first time because it's so I'm so used to it and I so love it and totally. I so trust it. Yeah. But to put myself in the shoes of the person who's in that moment, like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So tender. Yeah. In 103, which is the Stanford improv class, I, get, I have the benefit of reading their end of the quarter papers where they get to tell me what what their experience was like in the mm-hmm. in the class. And they say, a lot of them say, I was, my heart raced walking into this classroom for the first half of the quarter. Yeah. And eventually I figured out that it was okay or I relaxed or whatever. But the fact... The fact that they kept coming back and they kept being scared and it was so hard, but still so good. And, you know, like, that's cool. Really powerful. Yeah. So I love that in a conversation that getting the direct tie mm. to the improv and then thinking about how the mindfulness stuff the ties in as well. The part that I loved is this idea that gratitude is a really vulnerable practice. Mm-hmm. That we think about what really matters to us, what will really lay it on the line for, like what, what really has affected us yeah. and made us 
put us in awe mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Good I stuff. love that. Yeah. So going forward, people, a couple things to, well, I don't know if it's a request, but an invitation. We'd love it. If you like this podcast, if you'd leave a, a review on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And tell somebody yeah, that you this, like. Tell like three or four people and spread the word. <laughs> spread the word. Because uh, it's so fun to get new, new news back from people about how they're enjoying what we're talking about. And yeah. How they're thinking about it. Which you can do by sending an email to info at monsterbabypodcast.com. Dot com. Yeah. And, uh, and we've mentioned it sideways. It came up a couple times in the podcast. But I want to let you all know that I've been working on a book uh, based on the podcast, and it's the first version of the manuscript is done, and so now kind of getting a second wave of feedback. But awesome! It's like hopefully by end of the summer at the latest, but mm-hmm. maybe sooner. So It'll keep be a book for on all that. y'all. That's like ooh, mm. you're gonna be the first people to hear about it. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for more info on that. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Really glad you're here. And, yeah, uh, it's the first night of Hanukkah. Hope you get some some tasty pie mm-hmm. and some good friends from Oslo come by and celebrate the holidays with you. And some good hugs. And uh, we'll be there with you as well. Yeah. Okay. Till the next time. Bye. Bye.